Hi everybody and welcome to Growth Week. This is a monthly week-long conversation that is aimed at helping you grow intentionally in every aspect of your life. So wherever you find yourself today, this podcast will challenge you to take the next practical step towards your God-given purpose and potential. My name is Justin Doro. I'm a certified John Maxwell Leadership Coach and I'm also the lead pastor here at Word of Truth Ministry. With me in the studio is one of our ministry directors and co-host Robin Aldea. Hello everybody and welcome to this brand new episode of Growth Week. We are on part two of this month's series and yesterday we covered the ideal team player. Now we say that that is someone who is good at working closely with other people and we got a little bit into that. We we got a little bit real starting yesterday already but we did promise that throughout this whole week we, we were going to be super real and share some things that happened around our Growth Week table at the beginning of last month and so today we are going to be continuing that conversation around how can you become the ideal team player and we said that there are four characteristics that you need to have you need to develop so that you can be that ideal team player it was number one to be vulnerable number two to be humble number three to be hungry and number four to be smart and so today we are going to have this whole conversation around being vulnerable. Why don't you take it away, Pastor Jay? Yes, Robin, we really believe that one of the fundamental qualities of an ideal team player is vulnerability. If you're not willing to be vulnerable in your team, you're never going to become an ideal team player. It's going to be one of those things that right from the onset, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to be vulnerable? Because without vulnerability, you are not even going to grow in all the other aspects of what makes an ideal team player. Vulnerability builds trust, and without trust, there can be no team. Trust is the glue that holds a team together. I think it was Stephen Covey who said that without trust, we do not truly collaborate. We merely coordinate and at best cooperate. And most people think they're a team just because they are coordinating events and they're doing things together or just cooperating with one another. But team is so much more than just uh, mere cooperation. And it is trust that transforms a group of people into a healthy team. And the only way we can get to this aspect of trust in one another is by willing to be vulnerable. So Robin, what does it mean to be vulnerable? Well, right off the bat, I just want to say that to be vulnerable is not an easy thing, right? It's something that we run away from. It's something that is just super uncomfortable for us. And rightfully so, because the very (laughs) definition of being vulnerable is the state or quality of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed. Mm. I mean... That sounds a bit like, why would I want to be vulnerable if I'm exposing myself to the possibility of being attacked or harmed? Um, Brene Brown defines vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Now, Pastor Jay, to me, none of that sounds good. (laughs) So why on (laughs) earth would we be saying that it's so important for an ideal team player to be vulnerable? Vulnerability is the birthplace for trust. It is the birthplace for love, belonging, and courage. And of course, like you rightfully said, it is risky. You are exposing yourself, but unless you do so, you are never going to arrive to a place of trust, love, belonging. Uh, We all want to be a part of a team that we feel loved and we feel a sense of belonging, Mm. but we can't get there unless we are willing to be vulnerable. We have to risk vulnerability in order to really trust one another and build 
a healthy or functional team. If, if you want to see greater trust, if you want to see greater love, courage on your team, vulnerability is the pathway. You cannot avoid this path. You cannot build a real team, real trust without real vulnerability. So yeah, we need to expose ourselves. We need to risk it so that we can see this vulnerability. And the thing is, is that vulnerability doesn't show weakness, right? It doesn't show only weakness. It actually demonstrates strength and produces trust because you're being real. Yeah. It's not about just saying, oh, woe is me. I'm, I keep failing at this. I keep doing this. I'm, I'm such a terrible person. No, vulnerability means you're real. You show the good, the bad, the ugly, and people yeah. get to know the real you. And so that is why it's so important. If you're going to be working with people, if you're going to be in relationship with people, whatever it is, you need to allow yourself to be vulnerable. You know, vulnerability also produces courage and we need courage when we need to confront one another, when we need to air our frustrations, ask difficult questions. And all these things will not happen unless we are willing to actually just risk. Uh, you know, I don't know how you're going to respond when I ask you a direct question that might really challenge the way you think, but I need to do it so that we can really trust one another. If we don't do so, the lack of vulnerability becomes the roadblock to developing a healthy team. Yeah, this is actually how we discovered that on our team, we lagged vulnerability. You know, we were sitting around the table and we could sense a whole lot of frustration. We had we were all aware of the fact that something was wrong with our team. We had already established this point, but we could not fully express our frustrations with one another. And for a long time, we went round and round in circles, avoiding any expressions that will appear to be confrontational. Offensive. Offensive, yeah. So we were super sensitive and we were not addressing anything. And so it felt like we were stuck. And this is what happens in a team situation. When there's no vulnerability, when there's no trust, which is a byproduct of vulnerability, we never address our real issues. We just pussyfoot around them. It was then that I realized we needed to address the trust issue and reassure ourselves that we were safe around the table. And to think that we could not trust one another was far-fetched. So even when we started talking about the issue of trust, we immediately went into our characters kind of, oh, yeah, I trust you as a person. I, I, yeah, I trust you. But what we needed to address was the lack of trust in our professional relationships, because that was what was hindering us from actually expressing our concerns. So we realized that there was somebody on the team that had been punching holes into our trust bank. You know, like we've been trying to build team and we talk the language. We have the language of team. We constantly saying we are fighting for the same cause. We are doing the same things. But somehow we felt like every time we fill up this tank, the next day we need to do it again and again. So it became clear that someone on the team was actually punching holes onto what I would call our trust bank. And we then took the step, we risked conflict. And I think there was actually somebody who said directly, let's stop talking about someone, something, let's really address. Stop being vague. <laughs> yeah. Let's address the person. Who are you frustrated with? And when we became direct, we, we realized that there was somebody and that particular person needed to be addressed because of lack of trust. 
You know, this just reminds me of one of our previous episodes where we spoke about addressing the elephant in the room. But this was different to that because this was just, you know, the lack of vulnerability, the lack of just feeling the freedom to speak out was in itself a big red flag that I feel I should have picked up on (laughs) a lot sooner. Yeah. You know, because that in itself, that lack of vulnerability and the ability to really just be honest with this person head on should have been a big indication that, hey, something's not working right. Right? Something is dysfunctional. And, you know, for me, I remember sitting there and being like, no, man, it's not a trust issue. Like thinking I never would have said that this was a trust issue. Yeah. You know, never, never, ever. And so it was really something that we had to walk through and kind of be like, okay, but how does this relate to trust? How does this relate to vulnerability? And I think it can only come down to things that had been happening, actual circumstances, events that had taken place that, like you said, just caused this person to really keep tapping into the the trust bank and they were just making withdrawal after withdrawal and never really doing much to put any trust back into the bank. That's right. I think when we started directly addressing the person, things like not pulling your weight Mm. were some of the major concerns that the rest of the team had. We felt like we were unequally yogged with this person. You know, the whole idea of being yogged is two oxen pulling a plow and trying to plow a field. But if you if you have one pulling faster or stronger than the other, you're going to plow skew. Mm. And for our organization, we were working hard. And somewhere, somehow we felt like there's something skew. There's something that's just not right with what we're doing. And I think that intense frustration of, you know, I just had that image of the two oxen pulling the plow. Yeah. And for a lot of times it would feel like, oh my goodness, we're not even pulling the plow. You're pulling the plow along with the oxen as well <laughs> kind of thing. And just you're that really feeling like unequally yoked. And how that relates to trust is personally, it just felt like, hey, if I'm in this, I'm in this on my own. Even if this person says that they are as well. I cannot trust that they will actually pull their weight. Yeah. And that became a a big issue because if you are part of a team and your team members kind of feel like we can't trust you to play your part, Mm -hmm. they are always going to be coming up with a plan B, improvising, trying to cover up for what you say you're going to do. And I think it came back to feeling that this person was just doing the bare minimum, Mm. just scraping by just to say that, hey, yes, I can tick it off my to do list. But then at the end of the day, we still sit with, but hey, this wasn't done correctly. It wasn't done well. This is not reflecting the, the level of work that we want to produce and what we're trying to build and so that was also a really difficult thing to address to be like you know have this person say but i am doing this i am working i am putting in an effort but then on the other hand saying but unfortunately that's just not enough it's not good enough Mm. and and we also spoke around this idea of lack of passion and commitment and we're only giving these examples because sometimes you are frustrated in in your team and you're not aware of why are things not happening and you probably have been sensing these things or noticing these things but because you don't want to risk being vulnerable you're not even mentioning these things but when we started talking about these things and just being vulnerable and airing out our frustrations it came down to saying hey this person was clearly lacking passion and commitment they were not interested in growing and in our organization it's like you need to be growing because every month every week every day we're trying to to become better and when you are not pulling your weight 
it feels like you're pulling us backwards. And that was part of the frustration. And all these things were frustrations that were not aired. But the moment we created the safe place, the safe environment for us to be really vulnerable and say, yeah, I know I'm risking our relationship in a sense. I am saying things that you don't want to hear. You could overreact. You could cut me out. You could retaliate. But I'm just going to say these things because these are the very things that are bothering me. And the person admitted that, hey, these things that you guys are raising are true. The fact that we were not raising it doesn't mean that he wasn't aware of those things. But when we started raising them, he had to admit, come uh, face to face with the fact that I, I am not an ideal team player. And in fact, when, when we spoke about it yesterday, we said there was one person that just said outrightly, I'm not an ideal team player. So the person knew it, that they were not an ideal team player. They were not playing their part, but we were not talking about it. And you know, this is what makes a team dysfunctional. If yeah. You have people not pulling their weight, doing the bare minimum, not having that passion and commitments. And one of the super frustrating things is seeing people get so fired up and so committed to outside things that are not as important as the mission that we're trying to go for. Mm. And again, I think we need to address this because you need people on the team that are passionate. Mm. You need people that are committed to your vision, to your mission, that are running alongside you. So if you say that you value growth, every person on the team needs to value growth. You, you actually can't have that wheelbarrow you can't have that oxen that you need to pull along with the plow because then it's not really a value that's good so this is our dysfunctionality part of our dysfunctionality the lack of vulnerability was hindering our team from addressing the real issues we could sense that there were there were frustrations we could sense that some things were not going according to plan but because we were not willing to risk exposing ourselves to any potential conflict. We we avoided it at all costs. In fact, while we were having the meeting, we were trying to avoid mm. conflict. And that's what made us kind of like dive deep into this and say, guys, it's either we are serious about building team or we're not. And Pastor Jay, can you just touch a little bit on how one member can actually affect the whole team? You know, how did you actually realize that, hey, this one person or this whole thing was affecting every single person on the team? Yeah, that's an important observation because when I started the conversation, quite honestly, I thought we were going to have like major issues with everyone on the team. I'm not saying that other guys or it was only one person that was causing the dysfunction. Exactly that. We want to put that out there. You know, we all have our part to play in the dysfunction yeah. of a team. You know, I had one something that was raised against me yeah. and that was addressed as well. So, you know, this is not just on one person. Yeah. Everyone contributes to a dysfunctional team. That's right. But in this particular case, when we had the rest of the team pointing most of their frustration to this one person, I realized the impact that this one person was having on the team. So imagine feeling this intense heat, frustration deep inside, and it's only towards one person. That was so unhealthy. And as a result, that frustration sometimes would be um, channeled? channeled in the wrong direction or to the wrong person. Just because you are carrying this frustration with one person, then another team member comes and they just rub you the wrong way and you treat them the same as the way you wanted to treat this one team member. So it's very, very important. This is a reason why we're talking about the ideal team player. This is an individual message. This is not for the rest of your team. It's like, am I the ideal team player? Because you 
are so important to your team. If you are not ideal, if you are not vulnerable, if you're not being real, if you're not expressing yourself fully, if you're not being vulnerable with your team, you are holding your team back. If you're not vulnerable on your team, you are the weakest link on that team. So vulnerability is very, very important. And one person can cause the whole team to become average. And so what we realized from that is as a whole that this person had zero trust mm. left with the team. So, you know, they started off with the, the the trust bank being full, but because of all these issues and all these circumstances, they had just kept withdrawing, withdrawing, withdrawing trust, never making a deposit. And so they were on zero, zero. I remember saying, you're not even on zero anymore. You're in the negative right now when yeah. it comes to, to how I was feeling towards this person and just trusting them at a work space and at a work level. So that was quite a shocker for me, Robin, because, you know, you would expect because we are a Christian organization would like, oh, yeah, I trust you a little bit. But after asking the questions, hey, do we trust one another? Can we really say I trust you? And people kind of like, no, I, I, I can't say that. That required us to be vulnerable to actually say, hey, I can't trust you. You have eroded all my trust. And this is not just because of one thing that you've done, but these are the things that you've been doing over and over again. And we then realize that if this person was going to stay on the team, their responsibility was to regain their trust. Yeah. And that was something that we went deep into because I know it takes a long time to build trust and it takes a moment to lose it. But what people tend to think is, well, I'm now doing what you said I must do, so trust me. It's just not as easy as that. If you're trying to regain trust, you have to go the extra mile. You have to work hard. And, and maybe you're listening to this podcast and you have lost trust with certain people on your team, the people that you're doing life with, and, and you've just lost trust. And you are kind of saying, well, I did this and I did that. How come they can't trust me? It takes time to regain trust. You can do 10 things right in one day. You still have just moved like from minus seven to minus six. And I think we felt that because I, I remember saying, so where do we go from here? How do we move forward from this? Because you just spoke about regaining trust and building trust. And to me, those are two different things. Yeah. I almost in my head, I see it as building trust is like you're excited to build trust with someone. Maybe it's someone that you've just met. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you're taking on this thing together. See it as building a building. You know, you're laying the foundation. You're excited. But regaining trust is almost like, hey, a building was built and a hurricane came or a tornado came and tore it apart and you've got all the debris lying everywhere and whatever. Now you have to rebuild that thing, yeah. taking away all that rubbish, all that nonsense that's left behind by the chaos, by the disaster. Sure. That's how I see it. It's going to be a long process and we had to make that clear. I even asked the person, are you willing to work hard on regaining trust? And I even say to them, this is not going to be easy. I say to them, if you want to stay on this team, it's like you're going to be going the extra mile all the time. But if you really believe that you're called to be part of the team, it's worth fighting until you regain the team's trust. And that team will only be stronger because you played your part. Uh, you were the weakest link, so you have to become stronger in that area so that the team can function. I think you just have to make that decision that, hey, I'm in this position because of my choices, because of my actions. And I'm going to do whatever it takes 
to move on from this and to build myself to build towards team mm. and the first thing like you said is to be vulnerable like you just have to be vulnerable and that comes with being real yeah so when you don't know something when you're given a task when <laughs> you know it's just things are hard right now ask for help don't say yes and then fall back into the pattern of just doing the same old same old ask for help admit that you don't know something yeah. admit that hey this is beyond me right now because then i promise you people will have so much grace to give rather than saying oh yeah i got that yeah i understand and you assure someone that i'm going to get this done or i do know about this thing and then you don't that actually further erodes trust when you have disappointed again. So number one is that you need to ask for help and you need to admit when you don't know something. That's very good. If you refuse to be vulnerable and like, I'm just going to prove I can do it all by myself and they will see that one day I am this great person, you are setting yourself mm -hmm. for failure because you are going to make mistakes because you don't know something. And this should be a no-brainer. This goes along with all of these practical things that we're going to share with you guys, but complete honesty. Oh, yeah complete honesty raw honesty exposing <laughs> honesty is required if oh my goodness if it comes out that there's a bit of a lie here or a bit of a um you know just trying to cover up for yourself in any of these areas that does not help either so that again speaks to vulnerability yeah. just being real rather saying hey yeah i i did mess up than trying to cover something up what else pastor jay so we said the the second step is you need to ask for feedback Whenever you do something, don't wait for someone to come and say, oh, yeah, well done. Double check your own work by simply saying to some somebody before they judge your work, hey, give me some feedback on this. Did I get this right? Because if you didn't get it right, they will give you feedback and you can work on it. Then when they have to come to you and say, you didn't do this right again. And when we were talking about asking for feedback we, we came up with this also this idea of asking for pushback because sometimes when you're asking for feedback, all you want is somebody to say, oh, well done. At least you did the job. Actually, when somebody says, well done, say, hey, what did I not do right? You're almost giving them an invitation to push back and to actually say, yeah, you could have done this a little bit better. So don't settle for average. Oh, yeah, well done. Mm. No, say, I don't want to be average anymore. I want to be exceptional. I, I, I really want to go the extra mile. So I'm giving you permission to criticize things that otherwise you would not criticize. You know, asking for pushback just takes the whole process to the next level because the person sees, hey, this person is so invested in regaining trust and being vulnerable that they're actually opening the door for some constructive criticism. And it's almost like asking for feedback 2.0, you know, yeah. <laughs> because they're like, hey, I want you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. It's not just a oh, pat on the back kind of thing that they're looking for. And, and Robin, the manner in which you receive the feedback mm -hmm. also tells the team members if they can trust you. So if I'm giving you feedback and you are becoming all defensive, you're trying to justify things, you, you're giving me the attitude that, no, you've been too much or this is just you picking on me. Here she goes again. Here she goes again. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of attitude is going to tell the team that, no, you're not serious yeah, about regaining sure. trust. And many times we think everybody can see the effort that we're making, but when they give you feedback, your attitude could actually tell them you're not yet ready for trust. 
What's the next one? So the next one is to try something new. Mm. You're going to have to do a lot to to regain some trust and to be vulnerable. And that will require you to try something new. So you're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone. The very act of stepping outside your comfort zone leaves you exposed in a manner. It's like it's an automatic trip to vulnerable town, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) So (laughs) in doing that, you're actually practicing, actively practicing being vulnerable and that comes with a lot of things you know it comes with hey giving people second chances this speaks for the people also that are you know working with the person that's trying to regain trust yeah but like being a being willing rather to give them a second chance appreciating each other's differences and actually celebrating those differences because often we we're just content with saying oh you're not like me yeah. you know your personality is different to mine that's how you think um i think this way you know these are all things we've heard yeah. around our table you know as a, sort of like excuses of just not wanting to fight and not wanting to really work hard to build that trust and so we need to learn to say hey you know what this person you may be really harsh on that but i'm going to celebrate the fact that you are that you can see that thing when i would never see it in that way and so that is so important to actually be able to say wow i really appreciate the fact that you're hard on me because of our difference not because of what we actually agree on that's good the moment you started talking about our differences and not using them as an excuse I thought of the team that I used to support when I used to support soccer, Real Madrid. This is like one of those teams that had a collection of people from all over the world and different gifts, different personalities. And they would come together like 16 or 20 people that were completely different. And one of the remarkable thing is they would be all speaking different languages. Mm. They could jump onto the team and say, you know what? I don't speak French. I don't speak Portuguese. I don't speak English. I don't speak... But they did not use their differences to break down the team. They had this ability of coming together, forgetting the fact that you speak a language that I don't even understand. And I don't even understand what you're saying. But they found a way of using their differences to make a great team. And they, for a long time, were a very, very great team. But what did they use to make the great team? They used the thing that they had in common, right? So they used their commitment and they used their passion to the vision, to the mission, to actually become a great team. I love that. That's super powerful. And the fourth thing is celebrating other people's successes. You know, if your team members are succeeding, when you genuinely celebrate them, when you genuinely recognize the effort they are making. You see, especially when you are on the negative end of building trust, it's so easy to be critical of the other guys. Mm -hmm. Like, I also need to find something in you that I can criticize so that at least the scale can be a little bit balanced. Mm -hmm. So instead of going around looking for fault in your team members, look for the good things that they are doing and actually celebrate them. Because when there's a genuine heart of celebration, your team will actually recognize that, no, it's not your desire to sabotage what we are doing. You know, when when you think of any team sport, when a person scores a goal, the rest of the team will run and really celebrate. You did so well. And sometimes in work environments, in friendships, in family, we forget the importance of genuinely celebrating, not uh, by the way, oh, well done. It's like, go out of your way to genuinely celebrate the guys that are doing things right. Even the things that you're getting wrong. So even if they beat you in a particular area, don't be sour about it. 
acknowledge that they are doing it well and that could actually help you to regain and I trust. Think in saying that, you know, when you are trying to regain that trust, this is so important because there's nothing worse than that frustration of someone who can't celebrate you when they are trying to rebuild that trust, mm. you know. They they come to you and they, it's almost like they want to point out the one thing that you got wrong yeah. or they want to be critical about something that Man, you know, it's so much easier just to be like, hey, well done. I see what you're doing there. And the other thing that helps is to actually share about your failures. So instead of trying to, like we said, ask for help, admit that you don't know things. But then instead of waiting for someone to catch you out when you do fail, you actually go and you take the initiative to say, hey, guys, I've done it again. (laughs) You know, I've let you down or I don't know. That just creates so much more opportunity for regaining that trust. That's good. So we need to be upfront when it comes to our mistakes. Mm. Don't wait to be caught out. And and many times people don't want to be vulnerable, especially when you know that everybody knows I'm the weakest link. So if I admit this, they are going to judge me or make me feel less. But that's not true. They actually make you feel better when you recognize your own mistakes and come and say, hey, I've made a mistake. I'm working on this. Well, Pastor Jay, this conversation has been super, super challenging. And you know, for our podcast listeners, maybe you're that person that is trying to regain trust at the Mm. moment. And this was just a little bit of encouragement that you needed just to keep going. Because again, like we said, it's not going to be a quick process. It's going to take a while. But don't see this as condemnation, as judgment. Rather see it as, hey, I'm going in the right direction. And like, that's why we shared these things of how you can build, how you can regain that trust and be vulnerable. And if you're on the other side, like some of the team, our team are, of walking with the person that is, you know, trying to regain that trust, it's an encouragement to us as well to say, hey, keep going, keep extending grace, keep being real. Mm. I think that's another thing that we tend to lose sometimes when we've addressed this major issue is like, oh, let's let the dust settle, you know, and you start to let things slide again. That's not a good thing either. So Mm. keep being vulnerable. Vulnerability is not a one-time thing. It's not a once-off, you know, thing that you have during conflict. In fact, the practice of being vulnerable will actually help you to avoid these huge conflicts, these things that break your team and make your team more dysfunctional. So practice being vulnerable. You know, Robin, we I think we covered it in one of our previous episodes and we were talking about healthy conflict and we said conflict is necessary. It's one of those keys to building team, better relationships. If we avoid conflict, we are avoiding better relationships. We are avoiding better teams. Something that just came to mind is that we did an entire episode around trust Mm. and it's entitled deal with your trust issues. So whether whatever side of the coin you're on, whether you're regaining trust, building trust, or you're the person that's walking with that person that's trying to regain trust, Go and listen to that. And I promise you it's going to open up your eyes to this whole trust thing because it's deep. Mm. It's really deep. It's probably one of the hardest things, you know, that we can walk through. And as Christians, it's also hard for us to go through that process because we have a God that we believe is completely trustworthy. He's completely faithful. And so, you know, we want to extend that same trust to especially our Christian brothers and sisters. But because we as human beings are just inherently not faithful, not trustworthy, you know, it takes a bit longer. And so 
whatever help you can get go and get that you know go listen to that episode go speak to someone that you can trust just bring people in on the journey and most importantly just keep running the race keep on the journey and just keep persevering and you will get there and so tomorrow we're going to continue this conversation around the characteristics of an ideal team player and it's just going to get better and better as the days go on so we want to encourage you don't miss that share this with a family member with a friend let's just spread the love until then let's keep growing